0: Gamers, Welcome to another Power Play episode of the Two Line Offside podcast, the podcast miniseries where I give you a shorter, slightly more digestible piece of sports content in between the contents of our main episodes. Welcome to the second installment of Power, Power Play. Now this is the part of the podcast where I would usually give you the swear content disclaimer. And no worries, I'm still going to do that. But before I do that, I want to preface it by saying this. Over these last few months, I've definitely found that I have a passion for putting these episodes out for you guys. That's also true in the case of this one. But I want to say that of all my episodes that I've put out so far, this is one that I'm extremely proud of. If I had one request, it would be this. If you listen to none of the episodes I've put out before this or after this, I hope this is the episode that you listen to. This is such an important episode, not because of anything I did personally to make it happen, but instead it's important because of the bravery that has been and continues to be shown by the people that it talks about. Their words, their actions, all that they're doing are so important and I stand in awe of the incredible resilience of these athletes. Okay, on with that disclaimer. In this podcast, I'm definitely, probably going to swear, but unlike my other episodes, I'm not going to beep the audio for you this time. Why? Well, that gimmick partially exists as a way for me to keep you guys interested into listening to the next episodes with those secret tones. In this one, I want to keep the tone of the main episode pretty serious and give it the respect it deserves. I also truly believe that although swear words don't always have a place in polite conversation, the one place I do believe that it belongs is in discussing how I truly feel about how, about the deplorable actions contained within this story. There's also a trigger warning that I'm going to state here for folks who might be triggered by discussions of sexual assault and harassment. If this sounds like you, I'm going to urge you to take care of yourself and skip this episode if need be. I'll have more episodes out soon for you. Alright, let's start the power play. Before I give you the usual backstory for the subject of today's story, I'm actually going to start at the end of the story. And I'm going to some- say something directly to the subjects of this story. Regardless if any of them actually ever hear this podcast, it's important for me to say. <clears throat> Felicidad a Roja, Selecciones Española de Fútbol la Cupta del Mundo. For those of you who are pretty far removed from their last Spanish class, myself included, that was me congratulating the Spanish women's national football team, also sometimes called La Roja, which means the red ones, on their win of the recent FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia on August 20th, 2023. I wanted to say congratulations first and foremost because in the days following Spain's incredible victory over the lionesses of England it feels to me as if far too much media attention has shifted away from this incredible accomplishment towards something far more sinister for such a joyous day. In a way I'm going to unfortunately add to this this attention by telling you this very story But my hope is that by going a little bit deeper and providing more of a backstory, I can tell you the story while still shining a light on those incredible football players from Spain. So, like I said, this story begins, at least in part, at the end. For those of us in North America who woke up early enough to see the FIFA Women's World Cup Final match between England and Spain, the game itself was incredible to watch. And I'm also saying this to you as someone who, at least before the tournament, was not a real football fan by any means. The game started with England having their first really good chance when a strike well outside of Spain's box, which, again, for those of you in North America who might need the translation, uh, the box on a soccer field is the equivalent to, like, kind of a goalie's crease in a hockey net. So the game started with England having their first goal chance when a strike well outside of Spain's box missed scoring only because the ball dinged off the upper post, otherwise known again in North American circles as the crossbar. The Spanish then quickly responded with an incredible through pass that led to a chance inside the English box, only to be snuffed by England's eagle-eyed keeper, Mary Earps. In the 29th minute, on what looked to me to be a very similar through ball pass on the left side, Spain's Orga Camodora scored the first goal for the Spanish, bringing the score to 1-0, and according to to the commentators I was listening to, marked only the second goal that the English had given up for the entire tournament. After that, these teams cr- in- traded incredible chances, including a massive penalty kick saved by, the Eng- by England's keeper against Spanish phenom Jenny Hemarosa. Despite England's best efforts, though, that 1-0 scorer stood and Spain claimed the Women's World Cup. It is at this wonderfully happy ending for Spain that the overshadowing event unfortunately occurs. Again, if you need it, this is me giving you the trigger warning for a description of sexual assault, which unfortunately for almost anybody uh, can be found fairly easily on the internet um, in this particular content. Or context. Uh, so, if you want to avoid that description, I would again suggest that you look for content elsewhere for today. I'll definitely have something out for you guys later. So, alongside the ever recognizable FIFA World Cup trophy that winning teams receive, they're also presented with individual medals. In Spain's case, this meant walking down a long line of dignitaries and shaking hands while receiving their medals. One of those handing out said medals was none other than that of Princess Sophia, the then sitting Princess of Spain, and her mother, I'm going to try really hard not to mess up this pronunciation, Queen Letizia, and a person who I'm unabashedly going to say was a serious downgrade from the princess. One of Spain's now-infamous soccer officials, Ruiz Rubaldos. I'm sorry if I pronounced the, that name wrong, but also he's a jerk, so I really don't care that much. Fuck that guy. Why is this in- man infamous, you might ask? Well, following the final minute of the game, Luis was one of the f- officials congratulating the players and presenting them with their medals. During many of these presentations, Luis would often give the standard European-style light peck on both cheeks, but as some time passed, he began giving what I felt were increasingly vigorous hugs, using his larger frame to lift some players up off their feet. Then when it came time to congratulate one of Spain's tournament standouts, Jennifer Hermosa. Things got a little weird, to put it lightly. After presenting her with her winning medal, Laris Robidales grabbed 33-year-old married Jennifer Hermosa's head with both hands and began to forcibly kiss her. And we're not talking about the standard peck on the cheek. From my vantage point, Robales appeared as though he was trying to kiss the soccer star in the same manner that you might try to kiss a partner. And I was not the only one who found this kiss on a global live sporting event a little bit disturbing. Almost immediately upon leaving the field with their trophy and medals, Hermosa and her teammates were quickly asked about the relationship between her and Robalas. She was quick to respond that his advance was an unwelcome one and that she had not consented to it. She's quoted by CNN as saying after the game, I felt vulnerable and a victim of an impulse-driven, sexist, out-of-place act without any consent on my part. Simply put, I was not respected. It was also disclosed in that same article written by David Close, Patrick Sung, and Kevin Dorson of CNN that Jennifer Hermosa, an unsuspecting phenom of a Spanish football player, a newly minted world champion had also been pressured by people within Spa- Spanish football to change her statement regarding the incident in a way that would re- paint Rubeles in a better light. She was already being asked to downplay this incident in order to cover up for the powerful man in Spanish soccer when she was the one who deserved to be celebrated in that moment. Now when I deliver these stories to you, I try to do my best to stay off my soapbox This is my warning that I'm about to get on my soapbox. Seriously. As someone with a kinesiology degree, I genuinely have taken entire courses on sexism in sport. And the systemic sexist obstacles that are still faced by women in sports in the year 2023 for god's sakes. If I can literally take multiple courses lasting for four months on this topic, maybe it's time to admit that we have a problem with sexism in sports. And no, in this case, and I want to make this very clear, what we are not talking about in this case is transgender women participating in women's sports or transgender men participating in men's sports. Heck. In this case, we're not even talking about anyone in the LGBT community participating in sports, though that might be a topic for another day. What we are talking about here is a systemic problem which still exists today, in which heterosexual female athletes participating in high-level, professional, international sports so often have the decisions relating to their careers defined by those in high, managerial or executive positions who are frequently men in this case men who not only undervalue the hard work and potential popularity of these athletes but also lack the even basic respect for those athletes who work within the team they are running the same team which these officials will eventually capitalize on financially given their recent momentous success. In the days following the incident, there have been widespread calls for the president of Spanish football, Luis Robeles, to resign from his position and issue an apology to the football star. Instead of doing what seems to me to be the reasonable and relatively easy thing to do, Luis doubled down on his level of stupidity and insisted in a 30-minute speech to his nation's General Assembly, in which he described the kiss as being, quote, mutual, despite the fact that the player is happily married, and said so herself, that the kiss was in fact not mutual at all and not welcome. In his rant, Rubellus also talked about the, quote, unjust campaigns against him, fake feminism, and stated that he would, quote, not resign and would fight until the end. Further on, a few days later, Rubellis' mother came out and informed the media that she had commenced a hunger strike to pro- protest her son's, inhu- quote, inhumane and unfair treatment by the media over the kiss. Listen, folks. I love my mom. but Luis Rubellis is a 46-year-old man with a high-ranking position in world football working for a team who just took home sports most coveted prize but if i was ever to find myself in a similar situation which obviously i hope i wouldn't but if i was i hope not that my mom would go on a hunger streak but that she would rather sit me down tell me what i did was wrong and then that, that i needed to do the right thing and resign resign so that the legacy of the 2023 women's world cup does not go down as being the world cup where some creepy official kissed a player but rather goes down as being the first world cup won by an incredibly talented football team a football team which i'm going to remind you scored a goal against a keeper and a team in england who, until that point had only given up one goal all tournament one goal folks after a few more days, it came out that FIFA had suspended Rubellius, Rubellus for th- 90 days. I wish I could t- tell you that I knew how much money that meant he lost, but FIFA does a pretty good job of hiding how much money any of them really make. What I will say is that 90 s- days is but a tiny slap on the wrist. Literally no one in the history of high-ranking FIFA is ever hurting for money, folks. Literally none of those men. And yes, most of them are still men, even within the women's game. Has ever had to worry if they have enough money to cover the cab fare to a FIFA event. And when you look at where the Spanish team had come from, a World Cup is pretty good for a team who almost didn't even partake in the World Cup in the first place. (laughs) Hang on, say that again. What do you mean Spain almost didn't participate in the World Cup and then went on to win the whole thing? Oh, wait, you guys hadn't heard that story yet? (laughs) Did you, in fact, come here to actually hear the story of this amazing Spanish team? Oh, my bad. Hang on one sec, let me rework the podcast a little bit. Well, a story by Courtney Hill of the International Olympic Committee, ironically, tells the story a little bit like this. After flunking out, uh, meaning basically choking, out of the Women's European Championship last summer, 15 members of Spain's national team decided to step down from their positions. With so many of its star players now saying they didn't wish to play for their national teams, There were questions as to whether or not Spain would even be able to field a decent squad in time for the World Cup. Along with their poor performance in the European Championship, many of the 15 players who stepped down also cited that part of their reasoning for wanting to step down was also related to the culture of toxic masculinity that had existed within the largely male staff that made up coaches and other support staff on the team. Specifically, many of the Players had stated having issues working under Team Spain's manager, Jorge Velada, who, uh, spoiler update, at this point has been fired from his job. But during the World Cup, he was definitely on the sidelines. But in relation to Spain's manager, Mr. Jorge, Part of the reason they wanted to step down was because they treated him poorly and had a negative impact on the mental health of the team, on them as individuals and as a team. Though three of Spain's players, and and I'm going to apologize in advance, I'm going to try really hard not to mess up these names, Guerrero, Leon, and Pina, hailing from FC Barcelona, or Football Club Barcelona for those of you less familiar, stood by their decisions and refused to play for Spain in the World Cup. The remainder of those who refused eventually became known in Spain as Las Quintanas, or The Fifteen. These players eventually did make themselves available to play in the World Cup just months before it was about to start, and barely gave officials time to even field the team. Now, I'm not saying that I sit on these people's sides, because I 100% don't. I'm going to respect the fact that those women made the choice to go to the World Cup, uh, and it's totally not on them for making it difficult <laughs> to be ready in a timely fashion. Everybody deserves a safe working environment, no matter where they work. But particularly in sport, when you're also putting your body on the line just doing your job, I have no problem with these women choosing not to work in a place like that. Now, as a result of Luis Rebelas literally publicly sexually assaulting Jennifer Hermosa after she won her country its first World Cup trophy, has again led to many on La Rosa, the Spanish national team, to again strike, saying they will not play for their national team again until the governing body in charge of the Spanish team the RFEF, or the Royal Spanish Football Federation, parts ways with its misogynistic leadership. So as this football-loving nation saw one of its teams bring home football's greatest prize, the mood was not overwhelmingly joyous and full of admiration for these incredible athletes, but instead outrage of the actions of an official. An official who, I might add, did not kick a single football in pursuit of this goal. As a result, I'm going to say it again and again and again. Felicitadas la roja. Felicitadas la roja. Felicitadas la roja. You are literally the world champions of your sport. I sincerely hope the entitled actions of one creepy official do not entirely taint this for you. That said, I want to make it known that I stand with Jennifer Hermosa, and the teammates who have chosen to strike alongside her, and the 80 other members of the Spanish Football Federation who have chosen to strike with her. I too hope that the Spanish Football Federation and FIFA see the air in their ways about how laughably light a 90-day suspension is for a top official who assaulted one of its players at the height of a celebration, which he selfishly made himself the center of. This. Brings me to the concluding part of this portion of the podcast, but I'm gonna let Jennifer Hermosa and her story be that which ends this podcast. In an individual statement, Hermosa posted on her own social media. She stated, "Quote, this type of incident joins a long list of situations that us players have been reporting for the last few years. This is just a straw. This is just the straw that broke the camel's back, and all the world was able to see it." Attitudes like this have been part of the day-to-day of our national team for years. Though I'm quite sure that Hermosa and her teammates would have preferred that their World Cup win was not overshadowed by a hashtag MeToo movement in Spain, I only say this. Not many women can claim themselves to be world champions as you now can. No man can take that from you. But even fewer women can claim that their winning the World Cup would start a national and in some cases international discussion on the treatment of women in their country, as you now also can. Perhaps it is time to shine a light on and bring an end to, to use the Spanish word, machismo, which still permeates Spain, and honestly, most parts of the world, really. I'm speaking directly to the players when I say... Though you may not wish to be the faces of such a movement in Spain, perhaps the Spanish national team and its united stand against its president are just the heroes we need in this case. Nonetheless, I'm going to say it one more time because you 1000% deserve it. Felicidades a la Roja, en la Cupta del mundo.